Navy Coaches Presents Hello Ivy Coaches listeners. This is a new series by Coach Pedari, who is a professional certified coach by ICF with 12 years in leadership and 5 years in coaching. He will be interviewing his peer executive coaches who have spent years helping organizations and individuals grow their business and achieve their goals. Please join us for this week's interview with Coach Pedari. Hello to our listeners uh, from Dubai, Sunny Dubai here. Um, this is Coach Pedari, and with me once again, I have Coach Jacopo Nicelli from Milano. Jacopo, how are you doing? How is everything? Uh, uh, wonderful. Thank you for this um, opportunity that we're having again of uh, meeting up to uh, go forward in our podcast uh, concerning uh, delegation. And I'm ext- extremely happy of this. Uh, uh, moment and opportunity and to have the possibility to uh, you know uh, transfer to our listeners more insights on what delegation is it's not how to do it and so on amazing amazing um, it's a privilege to have you so we talked about delegation what delegation means what delegation can do for you it's time to talk about what and when so we talked about what delegation can do. But when should you delegate as a manager or as a, as a leader? Uh, right. Uh, especially in, in this moment uh, in which, uh, in this specific um, period of time in which we were all in, where um, markets and business uh, have uh, reached uh, speeds that we would never would have thought about. Um, so everyone is is, is very uh, overloaded with tasks, activities, projects, uh, and and assignments. Uh, delegation becomes uh, an imperative to actually have the company survive, thrive, go forward, uh, achieve uh, success, results, and and maybe even you know uh, get better in competition, but nonetheless, uh, I mean, with within a situation which which uh, is the way it is at the moment, uh, that there are less people within organizations and more things to, to be done by by everyone, even managers to, should be uh, wiser uh, and better at delegating. So the moments in which they should. Delegate. So the when they should de- delegate is is mainly um, the result of the manager itself asking himself some questions. And the questions uh, could be if there is someone else within the organization uh, who can be given the necessary information or expertise to complete the task. So should should he do it, or can he transfer the respons- the responsibility and the power to someone else? Or another question that he could ask himself to decide whether it's it's a proper time to delegate or not uh, could be if the task provides an opportunity to grow and to develop another person's skills. Or is a recurring task that will happen again in the future. So if it's a task that he's delegating that will happen again, then it's going to be easier to 
to delegate it and to decide when to delegate it and how to delegate it. Uh, again, to, to reflect on when to delegate a certain task, uh, one should ask himself if there's enough time to delegate the job effectively. And um, if this is a task that should be delegated or should be kept among the manager, because there's some responsibility, some responsibilities, there, there's some tasks, there's some activities that a manager should never delegate. So um, delegation, when, when it's done well, it's a win-win uh, activity. It's a win-win situation, both for uh, the manager who frees up time uh, in order to be more onto the strategic side of his uh, role and for, for his team and for, for, the, for the people who have been delegated to be more motivated, to be more accountable, to be more engaged, to be more motivated towards their work because uh, it could be that the manager also sprinkles around to several teams or to people mundane tasks as well. And of course, if, if you get to go and, and, and meet the CEO of a customer company, then you're going to be feeling important. And that's going to be making you feel good and wanting it to do more and, and, and wanting to give a higher contribution to your, to your company overall. So uh, if all the proper ingredients are in place, when, when you're delegating, then uh, you most likely receive an outstanding result. Uh, before you were saying, when should you never delegate? And one of the most critical moments in which you should uh, be very careful how and what and, and when you delegate is when you're overloaded. When people are overloaded, their brains are not functioning properly. They go onto a fight or flight uh, situation. And that's the moment in which most of the blood goes to uh, the limbs, to, to arms and, and legs. And so people have the tendency of uh, taking the wrong decisions. So if you're totally overloaded, uh, highly stressed, uh, you should really stop and think and consider properly uh, when to delegate and how to delegate and how to go forward in the delegation process. So as everything else, nothing is perfect. Uh, and so is the case with uh, delegating as well. In, um, in real life, when, when leaders, um, managers, coaches, you know, in, in organizations listen to this and the question might come up the question might come up what is the biggest barrier in delegating and there might be areas where you know especially young managers or leaders um, are, are, are controlled by fear are controlled by failure are controlled by um, lack of experience to take that step of delegating but what would you say the biggest barrier is um, for people not to delegate in the first place. And when they delegate, they might take the wrong decision. So I know it's a big question, but we try to uh, dissect it if possible. Sure. Um, well, very well said in terms of uh, the barriers, uh, which actually uh, get in the way of a proper delegation process. <coughs> Sorry. So 
there are two main barriers. Uh, and the first one is the relux re reluctance to, to delegate overall. So a manager is, um, as you said, has a fear of delegating because could be that, uh, I mean, the perception of the manager is that whenever he's going to be delegating, either the end result is going to be a poor result or is going to be a result which is going to be of lower quality uh, compared to what he would have done. And the second main barrier is a lack of manager's delegation skills, meaning he hasn't gone through the manual, let's call it like this, or he hasn't gone through the training, which teaches him and uh, transfers the learning and the skills to the manager on how to delegate. Um, we often hear, if you want to do something to be done right, do it yourself. Okay? That's a very, very common sentence that we, we hear often you and I and so many other people in many organizations. And if you want something to be done right, do it yourself. So in actual fact, reluctance, which is a main barrier, comes from the fear that the task will be done badly. The desire also of personal control. So uh, micromanagers will most likely uh, have a very bad delegation approach. It's also a desire of achievement. So I want to show my bosses that I'm good at it, that I can do it, that I, that I can achieve the results, and I won't delegate that activity to someone else uh, because if I delegate the activity to someone else, they won't be visible to my bosses. Um, other reasons why, why people, why managers are reluctant is a perception of staff overload. So managers who have the tendency to uh, give more importance to people rather than to objectives and results, if they have a high empathy level in their emotional intelligence environment, they will think that by giving, uh, by delegating uh, many tasks or many objectives or many projects to their to their staff then most likely this will backfire and this will will actually make um, the overall process a weak process and they will have some uh, negative results as a result of the delegation uh, the last aspect of reluctance of delegating has to do with lack of time to do it it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation, Coach Kadai. So people think that um, as they're in a hurry to achieve an, uh, an objective, it's better if they do it themselves because it's going to be taking shorter time. But in the end, this is a vicious circle because uh, managers who approach delegation in the best way, they take the time to train their people, to communicate to their people, to, to uh, transfer the skills, the budget, the resources, the proper approach to their people to, uh, to make sure that whenever uh, they are delegated in an activity, they're going to be really taking um, the, the task forward and they're going to be achieving results, they're going to be delivering value, and they're going to be making uh, a strong contribution for the organization and so on. And the second aspect, as I was saying before, is a lack of delegation skills. So often 
managers are uh, not capable to analyze the staff workload. They're, they don't have the clarity over how much the staff is loaded or, or not. Um, they, they have also the inability or a weak ability to analyze the critical tasks and the staff abilities, interests, and potential. Because when you're delegating, you have to understand if who you're delegating is going to be able to perform the task, if he's interested into performing that task, and if he has the potential to perform the task, if he's going to be capable. And the very last element, which has to do with lack of delegation skills, is, as I said before, pure uh, poor communication skills in explaining and gaining commitment to objectives, tasks, and responsibilities. So these are the two main barriers which keep managers from delegating and doing it properly. Great. Um, so let's move into another area where definitely once delegation happens and one, once it's correctly conducted or it is correctly, uh, let's say, um, it is delegated correctly, right, to the, to the team members, associates, peers. The question will come up, what next? So there must be a next step. Um, here is a manager or, or a leader delegating. But there must be something that has to be, you know, there's, there's, there's steps to follow. There must be um, best practices and also um, a next step, a what if. What do you say about that? Um, is there thoughts regarding what do I do after I delegate? Now I sit and wait, uh, or what does a leader do? Uh, well, uh, initially, uh, when you delegate and, and before you actually delegate, you should have like a plan, of course. You should have uh, rules and, and uh, uh, all the aspects uh, concerning delegation, which are, uh, written on, on a piece of paper in order to make sure that everyone is clear of what's going to be happening, what's not going to be happening, and so on and so forth. So, <coughs> sorry again. So, um, before, dele before uh, the employee goes and, and starts uh, actually putting his hands on the activity, the project, or the task, uh, he should be very clear on what is ex expected from him, what he should do, what he should not do, and and what his manager is is looking for uh, at the end of the whole process. So everything should be very clear right from from the start. But once, so going back to your question, uh, once uh, you have delegated everything, so what do you do at that point? Well. Uh, mainly, you, sh you should still need to monitor the tasks that you have to delegate, that you have delegated, sorry. And you have to continue to develop uh, your own staff to help them exercise their authority well. So you should have already set some, some, um, some moments, some, some, some uh, situations in which you're going to be checking on the progress, which has been done by the person who has been delegated. So this is one of the main activities because if anything goes wrong and the, the employee doesn't come back to you telling you that something is not going in the proper direction, 
you could end up wasting time and money and having to redo some tasks. So one very important aspect is to have checkpoints in which you and the person who's been delegated will discuss uh, how's it going, uh, which could be the, the uh, needs or the situations or the uh, events which could shift the route of, of the project uh, in a certain direction, which was not the initial idea that, that uh, everyone had. So definitely uh, monitor the tasks, monitor the results from time to time, uh, keep on developing uh, your staff in terms of um, keep on training, keep on motivating them, keep on uh, showing that you trust them. Because if uh, these people lack communication, lack in trust, lack in commitment, lack in walk the talk, so they see that you're not actually engaged and involved in what they're doing, uh, it could backfire to you. And it could also be that the employee will lose interest, will lose momentum, and will lose uh, you know, the, the energy to perform the task. Um, of course, uh, there are some, some functions that you should never de delegate yourself. And those are motivation, training, team building, for example, organization, praising, uh, performance review, and promotion. And um, it could be that there's, there's a failure. So uh, after delegation, it could be that along the way, just after you, you delegated, uh, you realize that there's a situation of, of failure. So at that point, you should never judge the outcome by what you expected uh, that the person would do, but rather uh, you should uh, analyze and, and uh, be, be, uh, be careful and, and, and be focused on, on the fitness for the purpose. So when you delegate the task, agree upon the criteria and the standards which the outcome would be judged, up, judged upon mainly. So there's a monitoring activity, uh, there's a support activity, there's a, um, there, there's a strong uh, emotional uh, activity which has to go on after you delegate it, and also a strong support. If anything wrong goes and happens or, or if anything gets stuck, you should be present, you should be available, you should be there in order to uh, solve uh, uh, potential issues that the delegated person has encountered. So mainly uh, these are the aspects that you should to take care of once uh, you have delegated. Join us on the next episode for the rest of the discussion.